0: Hello and welcome to episode 42 now of the WP Builds podcast. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley, and we're going to talk about the thorny issue of WordPress and GPL licenses, which under which WordPress operates, which can be a little bit of a, a sort of moral dilemma for us web designers and developers, Um, Before we do that, I'd like to point out that the podcast is available on WPBuilds.com. Please go to iTunes and search for us and like us and write a review over there. We'd really appreciate that. If you go to WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can subscribe to our newsletter Um, And there's loads of buttons underneath the web player on the website that you can use to share it all over the place. And we'd really, really appreciate it if you did that, because the more people that listen, well, the more fun it is for all of us. Also, we've got a Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WP builds. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Content Snare. Content Snare is created by James Rose and his crew. He was on the podcast a few weeks ago and is a really nice guy with a really fine product that I actually use personally. And the idea of Content Snare is that, well, we all know that getting content out of your clients can be a real pain. You've got to chase them up with email after email and call after call. And, you know, they send you 20 different emails with different files attached, and sometimes they forget to attach things and they've put things in the wrong format. And it's just a, a complete waste of time getting the content together in a way that you can actually use. It just takes way longer than it should. So James Rose has come up with Content Snare, which kind of fixes all of this. It gets all of the content from your client in the right format. It keeps it all in one place and it does all the chasing for you, which is great. It structures the content that you need so that your client can see exactly what's required. You know, you're gonna send a link to your client and Content Snare can sort of chase them up for all of the content automatically. The interface is really easy to use. They can see what they need to send you um, and provide everything pretty much in record time. It's gonna be the quickest way you've ever done this, that's for sure. And when it comes back, you can approve their content and just you know, say, no, we need a little bit of a tweak here or no, this is fine, great, and you're done. So now you're ready to download everything you need to build your website. It's all held within Content Snare. You log in, download it, and boom, you've got all of the content from your clients. So don't let client content headaches get in the way of what you do best, which is building websites, not chasing clients. Try ContentSnare today, and if you go to contentsnare.com and use the coupon code WPBUILDS, all in lowercase, no capitals, you're going to get 50% off the first two months of your account, which is great. So again, contentsnare.com, and we thank the guys at Content Snare for their support of the WPBUILDS podcast. Okay, moving on to the news section. I've got four news items for you today. Um, They're very different, uh, basically. The first one, though, is coming back to a a not different subject. It's a subject which we keep banging on about over the weeks. Um, And this is Gutenberg. And Matt Mullenweg uh, issued a blog post the other day sort of explaining why he thought it was gonna be the next best thing and why it was important and how it could be used and trying to explain it all really. Well, if you go to the, now I don't really know how to pronounce this, but it's G-S-C-H-O-P-P-E.com website. He's got an article which kind of rebuts a lot of this and he puts forward a lot of very, very technical arguments why he thinks Gutenberg is maybe not quite ready, how it might not be something which should be default. Um, And he goes into incredible detail. I read it all, I can't possibly summarize it all, but it's well worth a read if you're a developer and you want to understand the technicalities of why people are getting a little bit freaked out by the onset of Gutenberg, which may well be only a year away. Um, The next one, is on the GenerateWP bill, sorry generatewp.com website. And it's about the fact that plugin developers from now on will be able to state what the minimum PHP requirement is for their particular plugins. Until now, they've had to support backwards compatibility of PHP. And really, this is really not a good idea. Um, we ought to be able to advance things up to the latest version. And so plugin developers can now say, look, if you're running anything less than, I don't know, PHP 5.2 or or whatever, uh, you'll need that to run this plugin. Personally, I think it's a really good development and hopefully things like this will catch on. Okay, the next one is um, the WPMU Dev Podcast. And they're basically letting us know that the codex is sort of going away. Over the next year, it's going to be replaced by Help Hub and Dev Hub. Um, And the idea is that really the codex can be a little bit intimidating, especially if you're new to WordPress. It does feel like a place that you need developer, you need to be wearing a developer hat in order to access it. And some of it is a little bit hard to understand. So we've got two new things coming down, but Help Hub is going to be the most accessible for the vast majority of the population. Um, And it outlines why it's being built, who's building it and when we can expect it to come along. And the last one, is well you know me david and i really like to use the beaver builder page builder but not everybody does like page builders and on the highrise.digital blog we've got an article titled the pitfalls of wordpress page builders and although it's not a very detailed article um, it does explain why some people some developers think that page builders are a bad idea i obviously don't think this But um, this guy who's written this blog post, I actually can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he clearly doesn't like them and he explains his reasons why. And it's, you know, it's the ordinary stuff like the fact that the content is no longer managed in the usual way. You've got short codes in there. You've suddenly got vendor locking and so on and so forth. Um, Go and have a read. You may get inspired to write a comment for him. So there we go. All the news is done. And now we're going to move on to episode 42, which is called Build It Out of Love. I love this title. Build It Out of Love, The Morality of GPL Licences. Now, David and I really don't claim to have a great deal of knowledge in this area. Um, So it's the usual cycle of us droning on um, with very little knowledge at all. But it's, you know, it is an interesting subject. It's one that people without knowledge can contribute to. So have a listen, and please let
1: us know what you think in the comments. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Today, Nathan and I are going to talk about a topic that we clumsily wandered into in an earlier episode, and that is GPL, or General Public Licensing, because we think it kind of sets off all sorts of morality issues. It is some use of GPL better than others. And some business considerations. Do we really have to pay for all of this stuff or as the code is actually free? Or should we actually be paying more for it? So we just wanted a bit of a chat because I don't know about you, Nathan. Do you feel that this topic keeps coming up a lot at the moment, things that are related to GPL?
0: Yeah, it definitely keeps coming up in the world that I'm in. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of debate about GPL. I mean, I guess, I guess the first caveat from David and I is that neither of us really know what we're on about um, in terms of the law, we don't really understand the, the nuances, the ins and outs, the minutiae of uh, what GPL is. But if we just take a, a reference point, I suppose, being that this GPL license is the fact that really you give away when you commit something to a GPL license, you give away the right to claim ownership of it entirely. Um, you sort of give give away the, the right to say, that's mine, I want it back. But you do have certain rights as regards, you know, being um, being pointed to as the original creator of it and so on, I believe. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting topic and it does raise all sorts of moral concerns because essentially I can't really think of very many things in the real world where uh, when you take. Some, well, let's say you create something. Let's say that you create a, I don't know, you, you build a car or you make um, a piece of furniture or something like that. You, you immediately, our society tells you that you own it and it's yours and it's mm. your possession and it's yours to, to, to have and nobody else may have it without either you know, your written agreement or you, I guess, building it specifically to give to them, usually with a financial transaction um so the idea that you can write code which as soon as it's written no longer really solely belongs to you raises
1: difficult things mm. because our society just isn't structured and built that way yes certainly gpl's come up as big debates in wordpress before i mean i remember some of those earlier premium plugins and themes and stuff like that many of the authors of those didn't really want to go the full GPL route and Matt Mullenweg kind of insisted upon it and that was there was a lot of friction in the community I think way back but it seems to come back again maybe it's just where we are in our journey but it Recently, I guess a couple of examples, and we can't name names, but you know, we, we kind of learn about certain plugins that they borrowed some code from another plugin, and they're both premium plugins. And then we have that kind of moral debate, don't we, about, well, is that good? Is that a good use of this model to, you- to take somebody else's work? Do you know, specifically in terms of WordPress, what the...
0: What the criteria is for building a plugin which bolts itself onto WordPress, is there an implied or, or explicit license that goes with that? In other words, if I was to write some code and it attaches itself to WordPress as its primary sort of function, you know, it's a, I don't know, it's a plugin yeah. which enhances WordPress in some way. Do I, am I automatically
1: under GPL by, by doing that? I believe so. I think, you know, if your program needs WordPress to run, then automatically it comes under GPL. But there is, I believe, a bit of a caveat when it comes to things like uh, images and maybe copy or anything else that you put into, say, a theme. You could sort of copyright that, but it's kind of not considered in the spirit because what's the point of a, a theme without the visuals?
0: So that's interesting, isn't it? So, in other words, the, the copyright ownership of images trumps the GPL license, and the copyright ownership—if what—if what you've said is true, I suppose—the copyright um, of your text also trumps GPL, I, I suppose. Um, in a way that they they already have incumbent copyright don 't they you know um, the, the, the the content of your head yeah. is is sort of like some some place that that wordpress can 't go but but also you know people like Getty images they have vast vast banks of lawyers to come after you but um, yeah r- really interesting, so yeah, we do face this kind of moral dilemma. The thing is, if if WordPress has always had this structure of, you write something which extends WordPress, you're under GPL, how on earth did any of it ever become um, become attached with a fee? How, how did anybody ever start charging for
1: it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? That's the question I keep going back to now again as certain issues come up for us. Because, yeah, I, I, for me, I think... It came in about the time I came into WordPress, about 10 years ago, 2007 is when I came in. I think the first premium products were out there. But in theory, the only thing they could really sell as the code was free was their support. And, you know, it's making me rethink that again. I'm going to go off. Shall I go into one? That I, One of the reasons why I think we're talking about this because of you the other debates <laughs> about... Um, well, I hear it all the time at the moment. We've seen it with Pippin's plugins, which we've mentioned before. He increased the the cost of his plugins. I saw it on a video the other day uh, where one of the guys behind Facet WP plugin was talking to Matt Madeiros, and he was talking about how they'd increased their prices as well. And we had we talked about this as well: the WooCommerce extensions losing the fifty percent discount. So we we see this progressive move to charging more for the plugins. And a lot of the talk about that has been the fact that it's actually too much of a support burden if they have the prices too low and we have very basic WordPress users asking some very basic questions. It becomes, they you know, can't make a profit out of it. So it, the, the truth is
0: that you are never really paying for a WordPress plugin, are you? You're not really paying for no. the code, although it's never... the initial sale never feels like you're paying for the support it always feels like you're buying the code but I think is it true to say then that you aren't you are actually buying the support from day one and the code is
1: basically free yeah I think we are and I think that's why I've, I've kind of gone back to it one that while these debates are going on about increasing the cost of these plugins and you know I think Most of the people who talk about this are honest and open people who openly discuss it. They're saying that they set their prices low because WordPress was free and there's only so much you think you can add on to that for your support. But effectively, what these businesses are, uh, are support providers. But they are also, and this is where I think it gets tricky, they are also uh, developers who are continuously developing that plugin. And keeping it in line with how WordPress changes, and also in line with how the internet world is changing, so they do need to be paid to do that. And yeah, I guess my my concern recently has been the fact that oh, what happens really with those people who jumped on WordPress and why it's so popular is, I, I believe, because it was a kind of a cheap starting point. And now I think maybe some of the plugins, if they get so expensive, will lose. A lot of people, which, of course, is their plan,
0: yeah, so the idea of increasing your prices is to mm. cut out a minimum level of um support burden, if you know mm. what i mean so if you if you're charging say twenty dollars. A year for a plugin well thousands of people might jump on that, and you 'll be inundated with very probably quite trivial um, support requests <laughs> because the the burden for that is so low, whereas if you charge two hundred dollars for exactly the same piece, uh, you know, for the same support, you're going to be only having people who've got a bit more, um, a, a bit more interest in using it and might persevere a bit more and might be willing to go back and work with you as a support agent to make it, um, to make it work over time. So yeah, but still it's a, it is an oddity that, you know, you feel like you're paying for the plugin and yet you're not. And so, Okay moving that argument on a little bit then can you steal wordpress <laughs> plugin code is
1: it technically possible to steal it i guess the answer is no then i think you know maybe there's a legal requirement to attribute as you mentioned mm. where that code came from but you can't steal something which is public property so so if that's the case and you can't steal it Uh,
0: Apart from the moral uh, imperative to be a a good person, a good citizen, what is stopping us from just finding this stuff in nefarious ways um, Mm -hmm. and circumventing, basically just getting it um, off another place, a a torrent
1: website or whatever? What's stopping us from doing that? Nothing other than, well, torrents are always, that's always been the fear, isn't it? Every time I see this disgusting groups, you know, when we see those, as I've, I have mentioned before in that previous episode, I'm actually a member of two clubs which give you the GPL stuff and I use it purely for testing purposes. Now, they've grown up, haven't they? Because you can kind of trust them that the code is fine and not injected with stuff, you know. From other places on the net, generally the warning not to use these clubs is that it could, it could use you know it could have had something injected that's nasty and ruin your business. But no, I don't think there is anything that stops us. And also, you know, to be fair, many of the plugin developers put their stuff up on GitHub for us to test out ourselves. Yeah. And presumably if it's on
0: GitHub, that GitHub repository will be continually updated in line with the, you know, the um the the commercial product that they distribute and update via the the wordpress back end so so long as you're prepared to keep going to the repository and fetching it off github yep. and then updating it manually that then there's no you're not you're not breaking a law you're not breaking the spirit of a law or is that it is that the knob of it are we breaking the spirit of gpl if we do that
1: yeah i' do, do you know what I don't think so, and that's what's interesting but I think we have almost another kind of we've we've added our own level to it our own level of morality I think most of us believe that developers should get paid well for what they do for making our lives better and we also i think we we want to buy the stuff because we feel that we want to enter into a relationship where we think uh We depend on each other, so we're not going to let each other down. (laughs) So I think we do this. It's more of a kind of gentleman's agreement when we buy stuff. We don't hold people to the letter of the law with it.
0: Or do you think it's more um, sort of a bit of sleight of hand, really, more than that? Do you think that the vast majority of people who use WordPress, do you think they simply don't know about GPL and they see that the product needs updating and that requires renewing your license fee um do, do you think they just think oh okay i've i've got to like if you like buy it again it's got nothing to do with support because my impression is when you go to mm. when you go to purchase a plugin they're, they're pretty clear about that on the whole mostly they do say Um, you know, uh, you're you're buying support and updates. I mean, they might not make it very clear at the initial point of purchase where you buy it for the first time, but usually Mm. somewhere in the frequently asked questions buried somewhere is, will this plugin stop working, that question? And they always say, no, 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 it's fine. It'll keep working forever. What you're going to buy with your with your 40% reduction or whatever it might be is continuing support. But do you think most people don't notice that and just think, oh, well, I'm 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 on a subscription, if you like, so I'm 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 making it work for another
1: year, and by paying this, it'll it'll not stop working. Yeah, I I think that's the case. And I can imagine there's plenty of people who have been a long time with WordPress who've not even thought about GPL and what that means because they just come in, they install WordPress because it's free. A lot of people recommend it. It's the most popular thing out there now. And I think probably that because it was free and easy to use. And then they learn that, oh, you can get these really good premium plugins. And And that's probably all they need to know when they just buy them. I would guess a lot of people fall into that category. Yeah. Um, so I've not questioned it, but I'm questioning it because I'm now starting to wonder, particularly when I hear about code gets borrowed from, by competitors. I start to think, well, is that an issue to me? <laughs> do, do, do I need to avoid yeah. that plug-in developer? It's a bit like the, the real world analogy is where,
0: where I live, which is kind of basically in the countryside. You find a lot of these little mm-hmm. um, stalls by the side of the road where somebody's left like. two dozen eggs and and it's there's a little sign next to the eggs which says i don't know 20 pence per egg or something and there's a little tray where you you put your money and you walk off with the eggs now it cannot be theft to take the eggs (laughs) because there are the eggs on a public highway sitting there but there's a sign which says basically says please don't take them please take them only if you're prepared to give us something in return and and it feels to me that GPL is maybe a little bit like that. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, yeah, you can take it, but it just feels, it, it almost feels like it's wrong. Um, but maybe that's yeah. just a, maybe that's, a, I'm gonna say the word british um, I don't mean british I mean kind of like western maybe that's just a you know the structure of our society and that every single thing if it's if it even exists for a fleeting moment it must be owned by somebody and it's very difficult yeah. for us to get out of that whole um cycle of this is owned by this such and such a person you know this is owned by that and and everything's got everything is owned whereas this we're into a kind of like a brave new world here where people are making stuff for free and and if, mm. if they're doing it and they're building it and let's say you've spent the last year, put a huge amount of money and a huge amount of your resources into building a plugin, and you release it to the world, by that point you must know the licensing that you're working under and you must understand that somebody can just rip it completely to pieces and repackage it and then resell support for
1: it. Yes. and Do you know what? I I think a lot of the developers are not aware of what they're going into because, you know, really the only thing they can sell is support, but really most of them, the only thing that they were interested in was developing plugins. And so they're not doing the business that they set out to do really. It's kind of just grown because they're good developers. And and I think, you know, I, I listened into a few of the Beaver Builder guys talk about their story and they had that, you know, they, when they kicked off, they hadn't really understood GPL and they didn't start with GPL. Or oh, did it embrace it as such?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it, given all of that, it must, no matter how generous a person you are, no matter how much you stand behind the GPL license, it mm. must hurt a bit when, like I say, you've put a year and blood, sweat and tears into it um, and then somebody just takes it. Now, your hope is that the community would realise that you were the... oh, I'm going to use a good word. You were the eponym. You are the eponymous one. You, you came up with it for the first time. So you really are the one that we should all be going to. But I'm, I'm guessing there must have been examples where the eponymous version was then usurped by somebody else and that version became the popular one and the one that was the original kind of fell into disfavor and that that would really
1: stink, I think. Mm. But it's happened, hasn't it, with commerce?
0: Ah, uh, of course, yeah. yes. There's some like real massive examples, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. And, I, and you to, to be honest to with think- you, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do in that situation. You just have to work on the basis that this is this is how it is, you know live
1: and let live accept it or don't get involved with wordpress yeah yes i think you know with when uh, jingo shops was forked or jingo shop maybe it's called uh, into woocommerce that was that took people i think by surprise but we realized it was supported by a big theme Business out there who you know could probably manage it, so you know people jump behind it because of that I think, but there were other things that came later which seemed quite new to me maybe it's happened before where i can I'll name a name in this case um or oh, if I can oh. remember them uh, uh lead pages that's it they a big company huge number of users for their product they for one of their I think it was a freebie that they gave out was actually just a fork of a another premium plugin, which was by, I think it's uh, by elegant themes. And that kind of took people by surprise that a big company like them would take a premium product and put that out as a freebie to their users. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's another level altogether, isn't it there? Because then, Mm -hmm. That feels like you're just in the. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I probably am in this case. It feels like you're just destroying something. Um, mm. You're just kind of doing it to wipe out the other thing. Maybe, you know, maybe that wasn't the reason at all. Maybe it was just for the better. Mm. But if oh yeah, yeah, if you're a developer and this is what you do for a living, and then you go and do that to somebody else, you must be thinking, this can happen to me at any moment for
1: anything commercial that I release. Mm. I (laughs) think so, but I I guess the business isn't based on building it. You you kind of have to build it, I would imagine, out of love and because you need it. And then you have to think, how is your business going to keep users through your support and updates that they're going to trust you for. And I think that's the only way they could possibly run a business like that. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, um, I think
0: you've hit on, I think, I think you've come up with the perfect title for this podcast, by the way, in that sentence,
1: it should, this title should be build it out of love. <laughs> yes. But what about us, the other side of it? Cause we have a moral dilemma, don't we? Cause let's be honest. Oh, I'm, I'm really setting myself up here, but we must as, Business people are trying to save money and make more money. You know, it must cross all our minds that we don't need to pay for this stuff. Really, <laughs> we can go and grab it so, and use yeah, it. Yeah, I mean,
0: you, you you said a minute ago that you've you're a member of a couple of these.
1: Um, mm. What are they called? What GPL clubs or something? Yeah, well, that's the the generic term we got. I mean, that came out of WooCommerce. Uh, because of the support that they didn't give. The first one came out, and then they've mushroomed from there, and I'm sure they're borrowing from each other, these clubs. There's a ton of them out there because it's an easy business to set up because all you do is, you know, you just, well, you can grab the software from wherever you like and sell it. You, you sell it without the licenses. Uh, the products still work, or most of them work without the license. Hey, there's another issue. <laughs> Shall we do that one quickly? Is it in the spirit of GPL to make your product only work if you put in a license key well i I, I don't think so I mean as you were saying all those words, it just suddenly occurred mm. to me that
0: how can a GPL club charge for mm. a plug mm. aren't they charging yeah. for support of the plug haven't they kind of like broken GPL by charging for the plug maybe that's not you know if you read the terms and conditions carefully. In fact, they are, in you know, charging for a, um, you know, support in the same way that a regular GPL license is. Or are they actually charging for the download, the
1: product? Yeah, they're downloading. I mean, they're, they're selling it quite cheap. I mean, the two clubs that I'm in, uh, they're lifetime things. And they were, I think one was about 35 quid for oh, maybe five years. And another one was, you know, it's definitely less than $100 for this lifetime and we see if they update stuff. And as I say, I only used it because I wanted to test out a lot of WooCommerce extensions and I knew I wouldn't have enough time. And, you know, yet again, I'm testing something out facet WP. I'll be honest about this because the client will take longer to work out whether we need that plugin than I would have to be able to get a refund if they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the intention is always when it's going to be used is to go and buy it off the, off the developer um, just to get that support. I didn't answer your question, did I? No, but it, no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's a
0: good conversation. <laughs> so um, d- d- do they get updated? Um, do they receive the frequent updates that you have paid for? Or do these clubs, are they, are they feel like they're a little bit kind of back room. They feel like they're a little bit, I don't know, really? mafia is the word. They're a bit underhand. There's something a bit, a bit icky about them. Um, do they actually provide
1: support on a service? Are there people manning these companies? I, uh, I, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, I think. Yeah. You see, I think when the first one came out, and as I say, it was it was a rather public argument against WooCommerce and how they increased their prices overnight. And somebody said, "Well, we're going to use GPL and we're going to put this club out," and that. I've forgotten their name. They've they've disappeared since. But I think the fact that nothing happened as a result of this made many other people, just single folks, I guess, thinking they could earn a little bit more money, thinking, well, I could just do that. And I think we've got a whole bunch of them out there now. And in my experience, these two that I'm in, uh, one is updating, the other one isn't. But that may not last. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? Because if... You, if you are in
0: WordPress because of the big ecosystem that surrounds it and the the quality of the products that you can get, if we um, if we all resort to these GPL license clubs or we find ways of not paying for support, those plugins <laughs> will disappear. Um, mm. And it won't take long either, you know. Um, now, fortunately, most of us don't. But given a scenario where they did go out of existence, WordPress itself would become far less desirable. And and in a, in a sense, it kind of brings me back to my roots with all of this web development stuff it, into Drupal. Because Drupal doesn't have a business model for paid-for plugins. There just isn't one. Everything is for free. So absolutely everything is for free. So there is no business for writing plugins. What there is a business in is um, you might become um, an expert at making funnels. You might become an expert at designing websites. Mm. Your business is in the stuff that attaches to it. But the the problem is the the ecosystem is a little bit less vibrant and a little bit, uh, dare I say it, perhaps a little bit less innovative because there isn't the possibility of financial gain. And that's where mm. WordPress I think triumphs really because there is so much diversity. There's so many choices to do the same thing. There is you know, a, a dozens of comp- competing products and, and that's great because they all push each other and spur, spur innovation. But that's where mm. you'll end up with, Word, with WordPress. You'll end up with a, a sort of copy of Drupal where nothing is free, which is great. It's fabulous that that model is brilliant but you've got to troubleshoot it yourself. You've got to be prepared to get in the code and alter it. If you want anything outside of the box. And I'm not sure that WordPress is ready for that. And the very people who want the cheap licenses or the free licenses are probably the people who are least equipped to maintain
1: plugins and alter them. Should they not behave in the way they want them to? Yes, I think that's true. You know, uh, my story with wordpress i think is similar to most really you know you you build your own site with something that's free you jump on the premium markets there you try something out you think oh i'm i'm building a business out of this so i have got to got to pay for my support cuz i want something reliable and and that's how it kind of goes and i i think <laughs> we don't question this thing but i i do yeah, I mean, I've no issue with with paying for that reason. I want that reliability to come in and I, I want to support certain plugins. But there is another pull on me always, and that is that these GPL clubs here have tons and tons of this really expensive software, which I can now go and try out and play with. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. and it, it opens up possibilities for me that weren't there before. And it's at this moment, I, there's a lot of software there that I think, oh, I could build that into my business, but not yet. So, you know, the GPL clubs are offering a service in in a way that the, the premium plugin suppliers aren't offering. They're not putting their code up on yeah, GitHub. Yeah, and- it's,
0: it is a really good point. I mean, the the pain barrier of paying for something that you don't know the quality of is hard, isn't it? Sometimes I endlessly go around looking for a plugin that does this and that and and eventually you know you just you just you ask around in a in a facebook group you ask on a forum and eventually enough people come down and say yeah this is the one to go for so you buy that one in the hopes that, mm. that that's actually the one that you wanted and and i remember at the point where i settled on gravity forms i you know there's three or four different rivals and and i remember thinking boy this is a tough choice um I'm, i was new to wordpress it was all new this whole paying thing and and suddenly having mm. to make a decision about one or the other and it took me ages to decide and it w- what would have been it literally would have taken me a tenth of the time if i could have installed them all with their full suite mm-hmm. of everything played with them all mm. and then said that's the one that's the one i like best because it suits it's got everything in a way that i like it looks good for me but you can't can you and so that forces people yeah. to to do it i mean you've got the model of the 14 day free trial and the whatever else and you know all of that sort of stuff and the money back guarantee and but still it's a it is it is an interesting model and it just doesn't sit like i said before it just doesn't sit well with our society's version of how
1: products are created yeah and maybe it's not such a bad thing anyway if gpl is out there for those you know i'm sure a lot of people who have gone into design didn't start off paying for the full adobe suite they got it through other methods. And then later they think, yeah, I'm a grown up now. I'm going to buy this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's the same with WordPress. I think that's always going to happen. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it does stick with me this idea that I have paid some people, you know, two companies, some of my money, not a great deal, just to get around a problem, yes. you know, that I yes. have, which is not being able to grab these plugins to test them out. Yeah. Yeah
0: I agree. Yeah. Do you know what I don't think that this problem will ever be solved if if GPL exists these problems are going to exist unless there's some major overhaul of these licenses which says actually you can build commercial stuff and you can sell it as an entity and the code is yours but who's going to who's going to want to jump into that model from what we've got at the minute what we've got is a superior model mm. the GPL licensing um it's it's such an amazing um, innovation. It's such an amazing um, idea, you know, and it's fostered and, and created so many um, uh, colossally brilliant things on the internet over the years, you know. And I bet nobody thought that this kind of uh, human endeavor would ever happen where people, you know, c- commit things and offer things up for free. And, and it's wonderful. And I hope it does continue f- forever.
1: Yeah. And I, actually, it's, it does. I don't know, raise the spirits really. I think when you look at it, because yeah, uh, you know, normal business would dictate this would never work and it has. And, you know, WordPress leads the way. But uh, do you think there's something as well here? Something that's made me think a lot is um, I guess the first action was automatic uh, dropping the discounts on the WooCommerce extensions, but also the recent change with uh, the new business plan on wordpress.com where you can now add your themes and plugins from the repository do you think this shows a change in wordpress
0: yeah it feels to me like a change i don't i wish i knew but it feels Mm. to me like a bit of a land grab and it feels Mm. to me like oh i'm probably overdoing it it feels to me like potentially the beginning of a monopoly um because there is there is good money to be made in all of the ancillary things that wordpress has bolted into it you know in the hosting in the the in the plugins in the security suites and all of that kind of stuff there's just loads of money and i guess automatics job is to create revenue i presume that's part of what their mantra is is to you know is to generate revenue for their employees and i don't know if they've got shareholders i'm imagining that they don't but maybe they do and if they do then there's a commercial pressure to do those kind of things and it does it does worry me a little bit it be Drupal has a similar thing there's a company behind uh, Drupal called Aquia and and it has the sort of same feel to it you know the idea of monetizing around the core product but it's it's difficult for some because because of who I am and my my relationship with wordpress It worries me when I see commercial bits getting added on, and then they become normal, and those commercial bits are going all flowing in the direction of one company or one entity. That does trouble me a bit, and you're sort of imagining five years down the line where no longer are we working under the GPL model. It's become a... It's become so successful, it can now launch itself as a private fee-paying enterprise. So, yes, it does It does trouble me, but I have no idea what the
1: direction of travel is, really. I'm just guessing. I'm putting my no. finger in the air, really. No, it struck me as a, a big move in a way, but I, I can't I, – I don't know what to think about it at the moment. But, you know, we've, we've always known that the – dot org side of wordpress has always been you know it's free you download it you do what you like with it and then Mm. the repository which is still owned or or run by automatic is where people you know show their modifications and their extensions that they've added to it and now the fact that and and wordpress.com has always been the commercial wing which has made its money but now that there's a merging together where the people who own the free software that everybody else in the community has built is now using it to support their commercial side of things it's now yeah. an advantage isn't it
0: uh, um, to be honest so with that's you that a shift yeah that new story is just so fresh isn't it you know we're, we're like what mm. about 10 days into it i don't think anybody's mm. really n- certainly nothing that i've read has really kind of summed up what i think is maybe happening But I've read quite a lot of news about it recently and everybody seems to be a little bit wary. There seems to be nobody in the press, at least anyway, or at least the unconnected from automatic press that's saying, oh, yeah, this is just all fabulous. This is just everything about this is great Um, because it, it doesn't feel... Great. It feels like, like I said, like a, a monopoly, a bit of a land grab, and, and that, that troubles me. But who knows? I've been wrong a billion times before. Maybe this is the best thing ever, mm-hmm. and we'll just have to see. Certainly, if you've got a WordPress.com website, you yeah. know, it's a no brainer. It's great.
1: I guess yes, it just worries yes. me
0: because I'm working off.org,
1: and that's what my living is based upon, and I don't want my living to be shaken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, we haven't had much, you know, Matt Mullenworks, big defender of GPL always has been. Um but I wish we'd hear a little bit more from him on his defense of uh, the WooCommerce extensions and losing that uh, 50% off because I think that's a significant shift because I, my expectation and I've said this before is that perhaps if they owned it that WooCommerce might become even more accessible that it might be easier or cheaper to buy those extensions and try things out like you could with WordPress in the first place that the the cost to entry was so low and it seems to have gone the other way. So I'd like a little bit more communication on where it's going.
0: Yeah, I think Matt has as an un, unimpeachable, really track record, really in mm. moral terms. You know, he is a, he, do, he does seem to do the right thing. But like you say, communication is the thing here, and because lots of people are getting a bit panicked about what it all means and what it what it could be for the future. Yeah, more more lines written down, more blog posts just to let us know exactly what's going on. Uh, perhaps that will happen in the next few days, and we'll have massive clarity. But the, but the shift is is strange. So you know what I don't think we've yeah. really got to the bottom of GPL or what it's doing
1: for us or anything but um I don't know we might be oh, out yeah. of time Ah okay so do you think we should be closing off now we've probably well, done the subject haven't we
0: I think so I mean unless we got we always write these show notes don't we and you contribute lots to those and is there anything we've missed off of those that you think was an important thing No
1: I think that's enough about GPL because we don't know where we're <laughs> okay, going with yeah. this one. Then, yes, <laughs> or, or we better <laughs> <laughs> we better say that we still buy our stuff. We still want to support developers.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, nothing has changed. Um, it's just it, you know, it's it's just an interesting discussion. It's a fabulous model, GPL. I hope it carries on because it's such a it's such a way of binding a community and building a community and make you know having stuff for free is awesome, but. You sort of get the impression that um, commerce has its tendrils in WordPress a bit now. And you and give it another 10 years and we'll see where it ends up. Okay,
1: well, we are at the end. Is there anything you want to say, Nathan?
0: no just that um you know as always if you would like to subscribe go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe we've got a facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash builds go and check us out join the group mm-hmm. um answer the question <laughs> uh and we'd like to we'd like to have you uh, you know listening to yeah. us each week so come back tell yeah, your friends fantastic. so we better say goodbye then Cheesy music fading in, it's goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley.
1: And goodbye from me, David Womsey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.